Welcome to Secrets to a Financially Healthy Life, a video podcast series brought to you by Quilter. In this series, we focus on the importance of financial advice in helping you navigate every stage of your life and your career. I'm your host, Jane Constantinis, and in these episodes, we're going to be hearing from both Quilter's own experts and a range of external guests to give a holistic overview and some practical advice on how to manage and achieve a healthy financial life for you and your family. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing sudden wealth. What are the best practices around what to do when you acquire financial wealth quickly or at once? And what steps can you take to protect it? This could be a topic that people might not even consider until it happens to them. And it could be wealth acquired through inheritance, reduced outlays. Or, in the case of one of our guests today, money won. Joining me for this episode is Rachel Griffin, Head of Tax and Trusts at Quilter, and Don Fear, retired history and politics teacher and the sixth UK winner of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. I wonder if we could uh, begin by hearing a little bit from each of you, please. Uh, Rachel, let's start off with you. Tell us about you and your life and career. Um, so, believe it or not, I uh, went straight from university into uh, working for Quilter. Um, never desired to be in finance, but just fell into it, but have kind of stayed with it up until now. I've been very lucky that I've had the opportunity to grow and and I've, I've uh, chartered financial planner, you know, lots of things I've been able to kind of get involved in, really. Very glad you're here with that wealth of expertise. Uh, Don, tell us about you. Um, well, for 33 years, I taught history and politics um, until my life was transformed in the summer of 2020 when I appeared on a quiz show um, and won a million pounds. And of course, uh, with that, I was able to purchase early retirement and a motorhome and uh, get on with my life. Remind us what the final question was, Don, because that's what everybody's thinking right now. Uh, it was which of these pirates was killed in 1718 off the coast of North Carolina? Go on, and the four options were? Oh, uh, Captain Kidd, um, Anne Bonny, uh, Mary Reed, I think. No, no, sorry, Bart Roberts, Black Bart Roberts, and uh, of course the, the correct answer, which is Blackbeard. And did you know it? I knew it instantly. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> what a feeling that I, must I have knew, been. Before the options came up, <gasps> I, knew it, I knew the answer. Yeah, oh, I knew the answer. I'm, looking for, I'm looking for Blackbeard. Oh, there he is. Okay, <gasps> I'll do. <laughs> and what was your heart doing in that moment? Be, uh, as referring to on the programme, being at least 180 per, per minute. I bet. Wow. What then Jeremy's it? was as well, because <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't come up on the screen instantly as yeah. to whether I'm right or not. And it had been um, a number of years, hadn't it, since anybody had got the... 14 years. I was the wow. sixth UK million winner, and the fifth was in 2006. So, yeah. yes, it's a long, long time without... The, the, where the programme couldn't really be called Who Wants to Be Really There? Well, <laughs> yeah. The answer is everybody wants to be really there. No one wants no. to become really there. <laughs> what <laughs> a moment. What a moment. Well, we'll talk more about that and what you did with your million in a minute. Um, but, Rachel, this this uh, uh, vodcast is is all about what, what you do when you acquire uh, some uh, money. <laughs> um, what, what's your experience of people and how they feel about money that they've they've acquired uh, by other means apart from working? 
um, I, th I think invariably, I'm unfortunately not like Don, where they kind of have this sort of euphoria of uh, winning a, a quiz programme. It invariably comes, you know, at a moment of grief. So it can kind of, a, a lot of people in inherit money, but a loved one has passed away. So invariably, there's an emotional attachment to that money. Um, and that can be kind of because, I don't know, you know, they knew that their the, the parent perhaps where they've received the money from was very anti something or would have wanted them to send their children to school, you know, pay for school fees. So there's a lot of emotional attachment to that. And I think that sometimes can kind of mean it's quite a difficult decision in terms of what to actually do with that money. And obviously the inheritance can be a small amount or it can be a large life-changing amount like in Don's situation. So it, it, it's a, certainly an emotional uh, reaction, I think, a lot of the time. And, and when we're in that period of grief, we're often not thinking mm. straight, logically. Yeah, exactly. Um, plus, you might be um, sharing these decisions with others in the family. What impact does that have? My experience throughout the years of dealing with families when they're in this situation, you know, you generally have someone who's gone into practical mode to try and sort everything out. You've got emotional attachments to, you know, whether it be mum's ring or, or you know, jewellery. I mean, my, my mum passed away when I was younger and I, certainly me and my brothers at the time, it wasn't any financial connection. It was absolutely, where's the photos? Where's the, you know, where's all that sentimental stuff? So I think you've got the financial side, but you've also got that, um, you know, that, those emotional connections that, that you want to remember someone by. So so the decisions are being driven, it's interesting, isn't it, by, by many external factors. And d do you find that people sometimes make poor decisions based on that? Yeah, I think, I th again, I mean, it's, it's taking a breath, isn't it? I mean, it, we all would like to set out our ideal situation, our ideal kind of, this is what happens and this is financially what I should do. But I think it's absolutely that is, you know, seeking kind of advice from the right people at the right time, whether that be family members, whether that's financial advisors who are specialists in this area, you know, actually kind of taking a breath, thinking about, you know, what you want your future to look like, what, what that person who has passed away, what they, they might want from, from the money and, and kind of seeking advice and, and counsel from other family members. Mm. And Don, of course, your situation was entirely different. You didn't have that negative emotional um, uh, pe period of, of time, uh, entire pleasure <laughs> winning this money but you'd had time I'm guessing to think about what you might do with the million if you won it yeah the funny thing was of course I dreamed of winning the million every every night for a good month before I actually went on the program itself then there was the period of close to two months between the filming and the broadcast and then under the rules it was a further month before I got the money it was four weeks to the day after the program was broadcast that I actually received the money so I remember going to bed on the night about 11.30 and I had checked my bank balance £7,000 the fruit of 33 years teaching 
went get, woke up in the morning a million and seven thousand. Oh, wow. oh, what, what a moment! Oh, wow. I bet <laughs> you've got a, a photograph. I do have photographs <laughs> of both. You? I have oh. photographs of both. Yes. <laughs> wow! See, so you had at least three months to plan what yes. you were going to do with it. And yet, I was incredibly rash and impulsive because I, I had been thinking, what do I do with it? Um, I, I clearly wanted to make the most of the money in a, a period when interest rates were simply not available. So you, I couldn't just wag it into a. Um, you know, a high interest bearing um, savings account, which would be my first instinct, where there was there simply wasn't one to be had, and so I almost, um, I saw an advert for um, it was a gas plant being built, and they were offering twelve and a half percent interest in three years. You know, it sounds too good to be true, but it would have been a very very rash thing to do. And so when I did seek proper financial advice, uh, my financial advisor more or less on bended knee pleaded for <laughs> me not, not to be so, so yeah. daft as a, you know, incredibly risky thing to do mm. for somebody who had no experience of investment or whatever. So, mm. yes, I think it's very important you seek advice from proper professionals like Rachel and, mm. uh, and others. So so interesting that your appetite for risk until until you saw the end of your ways was much higher. Is is that your experience, Rachel? That when when it's money that's come from a loved one, um, that that you are more risk averse. Yeah, I think that's true. I think again, we all like to think, you know, if we won a million pounds, this is might be what we do with it. But I think when that that money is in your bank account, in terms of how you might spend that, how you might. Um, you know w- what it's for then absolutely i think from a risk perspective um it's important to kind of it's almost your propensity i hate to use that word but for loss so what would you be happy to lose almost and then that kind of goes forward and that that will kind of set out what you would be happy to kind of invest into and certainly a gas plant um wouldn't be generally people's <laughs> first uh, to step into the investment world because no of course i had uh, any number of people contacted me over facebook who was suddenly oh, my best friend yeah, oh, yeah. Buy, invest in crypto and things like that are they mm. no, i wouldn't touch they uh, thought no we weren't that with mm. a barge pole. <laughs> and, and had you, you you said you were a teacher had you had any experience of investing money b- before you won it no i never had any money to to invest mm. I, you know i had a family of four okay my children were all grown up by that time but um, we never had any 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 spare cash going at all so no i had not really invested in where, where we had it was in savings accounts and and that presumably is is often the case, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I think most people's kind of first experience of any kind of financial or large financial purchase tends to be their their house, um, and you know you, you might have to get a financial advisor to help you to get a mortgage, or or you know you might go to the banks, or you can do it obviously online as well. But invariably, most people will as you say, kind of a savings account. But I think it's, you know, it's really important that people kind of, even if you haven't got a million pound at the bank, there's still that kind of how to manage money, isn't there? There's just a, a general point about financial education that I think we could all do with. Don, you um, you did have some, apart from growing the money, wanting to, to maximise its potential, you also had some uh, clear ideas about how you wanted to spend it and distribute uh, some of it. Tell us about that. Well, I'd already decided. Um, I already knew the amount that um, I was going to give away 70% of what I won to family. Um, obviously, my children, um, they would all get sums, help them on the housing ladder. Um, my 
my wife, my family, my wife's family, so brothers, sisters, etc., mum, dad, they would all they would all benefit. So that was that was most of it, and the rest would be um, by me early retirement and a motorhome. And that was the two major purchases, and then we could think about things like nice holidays and that mm. sort of thing afterwards. And I won't do the house up. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, very nice. Uh, but of course, it wasn't your family's first experience of a big win. No, that was lucky because, uh, of course, the previous year, um, 2019, my brother appeared on Who Wants a Millionaire as well, and he um, actually won 500,000. Um, and so uh, me and him, are, we are actually the most successful siblings in UK quiz history, and maybe won a million and a half between us, which is the highest amount that siblings have won. And what was the question that he turned away from? Um, his question was, which of these actresses was born the same year as the Queen? Julie Andrews... Judy Garland, Marilyn Monroe, or Audrey Hepburn? Rachel, any thoughts? Phone a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Go on. My brother phoned a friend as well, and oh. his friend told him the wrong answer, but luckily... Oh. He uh, rejected David, it. David had already rejected Judy Garland as an option. OK, and who was it? It was Marilyn Monroe. Oh, <laughs> no, wouldn't have got no. that. David wouldn't have got it either, so, no. it was good. so, so it was, he made the right decision. He, he made a very away. wise financial yeah, decision absolutely. to walk yeah. away, as you yeah. did, from the gas plant. And yeah. what he then did was that he distributed money in exactly the way I've described uh, I did, in the same way, and I still I remember to my dying day the feeling on opening the envelope and taking out the cheque for a large sum of money that my brother had given me. And mm. he, I knew he'd also given large amounts to my children because mm. my brother's married but no children. And he gave money away to all the extended family. And it was yeah. an amazing, amazing feeling to be in that position. Oh, yeah. So I've, I've seen it from both sides. I've, yes. received, I've been yes. the recipient of yeah. that kind of generosity and love and then so to get the chance to do the same thing in reverse mm -hmm. it was quite incredible really how fate turned out and i think he um also sought some expert financial advice didn't he he did and as a result when i when once the gas plant folly had, <laughs> had cleared my mind uh, i i turned to the same financial advisor he used yeah. and uh, he advised me to go for unit trusts and uh, and yeah. i am um, Isa, Yeah, yeah. Um, most of us uh, are not going to win a million on that uh, programme, um, but most of us might get a small amount uh, yeah. from family members. Uh, Rachel, would you say that it's important to to talk about that ahead, way ahead of, of the event actually happening? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think, you know, we as a generation, well, not just a generation, just as a, we just don't talk enough about money and, and what's, you know, and what our wishes are and what we would like to, to do with that. And I think, again, from a perspective of the, the family, you know, just knowing that that money even exists. I mean, the, the number of conversations I've had with people where they've inherited an amount of money that they didn't even know you know, mum or dad even had because they would be, you know, pop, pop into the shops and, you know, the, they never went on holiday, they never had new cars, etc. And they've got money stashed waiting for kind of that financial inheritance very much, you know, it's important that people have these conversations. It's important, and not just from a monetary perspective, you know, as we get older, making sure our wills are all up to date, making sure that we've got powers of attorney in place. We might need these things anyway. So being able to have those conversations with family members 
is is really important and i think as a generation you know the younger generation are quite happy to kind of social media everything you know whereas i think perhaps the older generations are less likely to be as open so don the people that you gave money to have have they used it sensibly are you oh, happy with what they've done with it well very much so my eldest and youngest daughters both used it for houses mm. my middle daughter who is married without, without children um, she used it to set up her own company it's called retro party hire and they <laughs> uh, basically she bought a lot of um dance uh, she's got a wonderful dance machine and um, pinball machines and things like that. She hires out to weddings and a van to transport them around in, and uh, it's it's doing very, very well. Yeah. I feel uh, I've been able to transform her life as well as uh, yeah. my own, and that was, uh, that was uh, yeah. part of the joy of it is, is yeah. to be able to do that, and I think that's um, a great privilege to be able to do that to people. And, of course, that's the problem with inheritance. The yeah. people giving you the money don't get to see the, the amazing things that you're going to do with it. No, exactly. I, th I think, I mean, obviously, there, you know, some people are wealthy enough to be able to get, make gifts during their, during lifetime. their lifetime. So, you know, yeah. that, and I think that's the lovely thing about Don's story is, is just having that ability to be able to pass on wealth and see how that can tr be transformative to people. And again, you know, like, with, as you say, with an inheritance, unfortunately, you don't see that next generation. But there are ways to kind of make sure that if if you want um your you know to pay school fees or you want it to, uh, money to be used for a uh, house purchase to actually kind of specify that in your sort of will or, or yeah. anything so it is possible to put a little bit of control on mm. on these things um you know for people mm. it was interesting um uh, don that you were saying earlier about your your near miss with the gas the folly <laughs> <laughs> um the gassy folly um and and that then of course you got some some uh, good good uh, expert advice rachel do you feel do you find that um people are um open to expert guidance at these moments of, of difficulty, grief, you know, emotional turmoil? I think it's one of those things where if you perhaps haven't ever had a financial advisor, kind of like, again, in Don's situation where his brother's experience, which was a good experience, um, kind of helped him to make decisions or, you know, be introduced to someone. And I think sometimes people don't know where to start. So it's also a case of sort of seeking out someone who, you you know, is a trusted advisor, someone who you feel also comfortable with in terms of, you know, you're going to share not just, it's not just a financial transaction, you're also explaining to them about your family and what you want from that, you know, what goals you want. So I think it's also about finding the right financial advisor. But there, you know, there's, there's lots of opportunities to um, find financial advisors um you know there's there's websites where you can go to and 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 kind of get one down and um the fca website will tell you that they're authorized to make sure that that you know you're getting the right advice and what i'm what i'm hearing a lot or what i'm taking from the conversations i'm having making these these vodcasts is how important it is to treat this as a whole family mm. um uh, enterprise, if you like, the, the, the financial education and the planning, yeah. getting everything in place as early as you can. It's not just about one, one individual, is it? Because everybody's interconnected. Yeah, completely. I mean, I think that's exactly it. Invariably, you know, you've got husband and wife who actually from a tax perspective, it's actually better for them um, to perhaps invest 
together or to use allowances, tax-free allowances. Um, so, you know, th as a family unit, your uh, children understanding what you have um, in place for them. Mm. So perhaps you've got a pension um, and, you know, what they might be able to do with it. So I think, yeah, it's, it's really important that the, fa the whole family kind of consider it. And also by sharing your experiences allows for other family members to get the benefit of that. Um, br brilliant story about your, your daughter and, and her business. Um, and how are you enjoying retirement now, Don? Well, You've got very... your van, obviously. Yeah, so that's right. We have motor... Uh, this last weekend, we were in Southampton, and uh, just or just outside Southampton at a motorhome site, and uh, yeah, we went around Scotland. I uh, haven't taken it abroad yet, but we have. Pla I have booked up take the motorhome abroad for the first time next year so fear and trepidation watch out spain and france yeah. here i come yeah and um, um any more plans to be on any uh, quiz shows where you might have another little windfall well i was on egghead so but uh, that, that did not go quite as well as a billionaire but, uh... oh, okay. and rachel we've we've spoken uh, mostly about uh, inheritance or obviously don's fantastic um windfall how else might somebody come into a, a, a large amount of money? Um, things like uh, pension lump sums. So, you know, you, you save your, your money into your pension and then when you hit retirement, you're able to take 25% of that. So that invariably is a large lump sum that people aren't you know, haven't experienced in their lives. So that's that's a good example. Um, another example might be um, an investment that they've, you know, invested into and it's matured or, or something along those lines. So, you know, invariably we will all receive an amount of money. It might not be a large amount of money, um, but there will be, you know, some money that we will all receive, whether that's via a pension or through an inheritance. It's been a fascinating conversation. I wonder if you could each um, give a piece of golden advice <laughs> to anybody listening about what they might do tomorrow uh, to ensure that they're in the best possible shape uh, financially for the future when they receive whichever type of lump sum it will be. Rachel. Um, I would always say get advice. That's probably the key key thing. Um, and with and do your research. So you know, have a look on the internet. You know, do a bit of research. Um, understand what it what what you're what you're going to receive, and also what investments are available to you. Um, seek that financial advice because a financial advisor will be able to help you with decisions like your pension lump sum and and they'll look more holistically than just look at one particular question yeah, i think that's a i think that's word. yeah i think that's holistically all, yeah. isn't it yeah and, and i think also they know what questions to ask you because i yeah. think sometimes you don't even know the questions yourself don seems very clued up in terms of well more than just who wants to be a millionaire but yeah. you know and i think that's the other thing as individuals invariably we don't know what we don't know yeah thank you don wow Nothing really to add to that. Uh, <laughs> all I can say is to know your priorities. Um, yeah. the, the, and you've got obviously short, immediate, short term, uh, and the medium and longer term goals. And if you're clear about those, so from my point perspective, for instance, although I've sorted out all the, my family, yeah. um, I haven't necessarily done anything for my grandchildren yet. And I, my, my, uh, I've got three at the moment, will be four in February, mm. uh, when my grand, grand, second granddaughter comes along. And I haven't yet 
done anything specific for sort of that. My my eldest granddaughter will be three. Will be four in January, and obviously I'll be looking at some point to change my will, mm. um, to make sure that they are going to be catered for, mm. and but that. Hopefully, I've got a bit of time before I do that. The, the, the trouble with the wills, you never know. No, no, no. <laughs> so mm. priorities and and planning ahead and looking at everything holistically. Yeah. Thank you. Really, really good advice. I very much enjoyed chatting to you both. Thank you for coming in to the studio. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And I hope you've enjoyed our conversation and that you've taken away something really useful and practical. For me, I think the key part of it was planning ahead, having conversations about what you might receive, thinking about your priorities and other people's priorities, and doing everything you can to make sure that you'll make sensible decisions. And of course, if all else fails, you can phone a friend. So that's it for this episode's of Secrets to a Financially Healthy Life, brought to you by Quilter. If you'd like to find out more about Quilter, you can find everything you need at quilter.com. I'm Jane Constantinis. Thank you so much for joining us. Music.